Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtun Millwall. Well, good morning, one and all. Welcome to this, the 11th edition of Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart, and as Johnny Cash once sang, we're all on a Sunday morning comedown today after the Lions' disappointing home defeat yesterday to Rotherham United. So coming up in today's show, we've got our usual match report from a rather subdued den yesterday. Followed up by some post-match reaction and comment with Charlie Mahoney. Plus, of course, your voicemail messages, some of which are rapidly achieving cult status. Ladies and gentlemen, today's show is brought to you by CBL Magazine, which is on sale before most home games at Zampa Road for just two quid. CBL is written by Mill fans for Mill fans. So if you enjoy this show... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Overfor mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skide af alle de der podcast og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel. 
as painful as it is to listen to again. Let's now rewind the clock 24 hours, back to yesterday afternoon, downtown South Bermondsey. Here we go. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You join the game in play, as they say, on TV and on all professional radio stations, so I better say that too. Nil-nil uh, as we join it, probably about a minute into the game. I've just arrived in from selling the fanzine outside. 18 looking to float the ball in, and it comes. That's a 28 who shoots on goal just over the bar. Early chance for Rotherham. Looks like Josh Wright is in midfield as well in place of Addu. Looks like Jimmy's out. Here comes Martin Wolf with the first corner of, of the game for Millwall anyway. Coming from over near the scoreboard, it floats it in towards... To almost Beavers at the far post there. Inches wide. Will win a second corner there. Going to be Lee Martin takes. Five minutes. Lee Martin resplendent in his pink boots. I'm not sure about pink boots, chaps. Oh, they're more of a kind of a luminous orange pink. What colour would you call that? It's not quite cerise, is it? It's back into the box again. That's going to go for another corner. Third corner in succession for Millwall. Rotherham under the cosh. Six minutes now. Another co corner from Lee Martin. Lee Martin collects down on the left-hand side now. He's attacking the Rotherham defence. Attacking the six. Cuts down to the byline. Bockies, the cross is blocked. It's up high. McDonald tries uh, an ambitious volley that is too high and collected by the Rotherham goalkeeper. Bright start from the line so far. Seven minutes. Here comes Lee Martin now, again, passes the Rotherham halfway line. 18 minutes of the game gone. Martin's on the ball, plays it to Malone. Chips the ball into the Rotherham penalty area. It falls loose to Josh Wright, who volleys wide. Unlucky. 18 minutes gone. Mill back on the attack there. Final volley from inches wide, or a couple of yards wide, I suppose. That's a lot of inches. A couple of yards is a lot of inches. Rotherham made an indifferent start to the season. Just looking back over their results here. Uh, they got a good result against Wolves, beating them 1-0. Uh, they've also beat Fleetwood in the League Cup. But they've got take two defeats, Derby 1-0 away, and then 2-0 at home to, Rother uh, to Watford last week. So, so far, they don't look any great shakes. They look average. So this really ought to be the kind of side that we need to dispense with if we are truly contenders this season. Did I just say we might be contenders this season? It is McDonald inside. Lee Martin was clipped there and will win the free kick. 22 minutes. Scott Malone and Lee Martin standing over the ball. My money's on a Lee Martin shot, listeners. Let's see what we get. The ball's lined up. Referee blows the whistle. It's a little short one from Malone. My money would have been wrong. Scott McDonald shoots. That yard wide. There's a little dink back to um, Wolford, back to McDonald, who shot from the edge of the penalty area wide. Kind of a training ground routine that didn't quite work out. Rotherham were, of course, our opponents on that infamous opening day fixture of 2002-03, the, uh, the famous bent match, which we lost 6-0. Uh, listeners of a certain era will recall very well. Um, most odd result. Darren Byfield, I think, got man of the match that day, didn't he? And scored four goals. And basically the middle side of the day, which includes some star names, effectively threw that game. I was actually on holiday in Spain at the time that that result took place, and I 
I got a text from a mate to tell me that Mill got beat 6 0 on opening day. And I thought he was actually taking a piss out of me. What's going on here? Uproar. Steve Evans is coming out, saying something to the referee about booking Alan Dunn, drawing the immediate ire of the Mill crowd. Referee's pulling him over now to have a word with him. Steve Evans, the Rotherham manager, is famously Scottish, fat. Millwall crowd something up better than I can do. I think Mill's um, opinion of him is succinct and to the point and very accurate. He will be drawing some flack down there from the West Low, I can tell you that much, listeners. Anyway, yeah, the 6-0 um, home defeat I thought was a wind-up. I thought somebody was pissing me about, sending me a text saying we got beat 6-0 when we probably won 6-0. Of course, we hadn't. We got stuffed that day. So that was 2002, 13 years ago now. Long while. Game's in danger of flattening out a little bit. Um, this is seriously not um, a game to compare with the likes of Leeds at home or Fulham away. Got none of the, uh, the razzmatazz, nor even to arguably with the, the trip to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, this is a harder game to, to raise the team spirits for. Rotherham at home feels a little bit like it's we've gone back to League One, doesn't it? Um, at the moment, we have had a lot of possession of the football. Lots of time on the ball. Not a huge amount of cutting edge up front. And the game is just now descending a little bit into um, a kickabout with both teams passing the ball about before punting it to the other. 34 minutes gone. I think Holloway will have one or two words to the Mill side at half-time. Coming up at 41 on the clock now. Lovren back on the attack at 26 now. Attacks the Mill defence and shoots in. It's across the Mill penalty area. Oh! The nine misses sitter. 42 minutes. That was a, a good move by Rotherham. 26 kind of shot cross, palmed it across the middle penalty and the nine had an open goal and poked it wide from close. That really ought to have been a goal. Nil-nil as it is. 43 minutes now. Rotherham just starting to look a little bit more enterprising. There's eight shoots from distance and that's about a yard wide. <coughs> that wasn't so far away, ladies and gentlemen. We will need to close out the half of it and get back inside the dressing room and have a bit of a, a sorting out as to what's going on here because we're just starting to look a little frayed late in the first half. Half time, there we are, all square at the break, nil-nil. Now that was probably, I haven't got the stats in front of me, clearly, listeners, but that was predominantly a mill half. Yet again, with the kind of uh, lack of cutting edge, if we're going to be really honest. Um, and then building towards a late little flurry by Rotherham where they came into it and had a little bit of sustained pressure late on in the first half. Now, if we'd have gone in 1-0 down, we would have felt well cheated by that. But nevertheless, that came, you know, a couple of shots came inches close to, to achieving that. So Mill need to liven themselves up for the second half. We're going to be right back after these messages. Calling out to Millwall. Leave your Millwall messages at 02-08-14-4032. Hello, Linear Actor Millwall. My name's Anonymous. To show solidarity with Kelly Maloney. Tonight I shall listen to the game with my sausage tucked in between my legs. Whilst touching myself over a picture of David Ford. Have a good evening. Hello, Nick. Just arrived up here in Sheffield. Um, disgusted with my hotel room, to be totally honest. It's like a base motel. With a bit of an edge to it. Come on, you lions. <laughs> 
Hello, is that Actung Millwall? I've got LS75 here in my pub, and all he's saying is, ring Nick, ring Nick. Actung Millwall, he's very drunk, and he's shit and pissed himself. Hello, Nick? Nick, are you there? Um, hello, it's the ITH here, and uh, I'm on my way back from Sheffield Wednesday, uh, and it's, um, it's, it's, it's amazing the guy, 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 he scored, scored late, and uh, I've done some uh, 3.6 U-turns celebrating the goal, it's amazing, uh, I had a wonderful time. The, the, the facilities uh, were, were very, 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 very good. Um, thank you to, to everyone there, the, the stewards, uh, everything. Uh, thank you very much. OTH, over and out. Thank you. Well, half-time report here from the day, and then we've got the half-time entertainment now, which it looks like it's going to become a regular thing of these two large plastic spheres in which somebody gets inside, like a kid, I suppose, and then have a running race inside the, the, the plastic ball sphere, whatever you want to call it, from one end of the pitch to the other. It's a cracking little idea. I like it. I, there's, there were some, um, you know, naysayers on, online who were saying it's a bit shit and it's a bit tacky. But um, who gives a monkeys about that? I think it's good fun, good entertainment. It's a bit like it's a knockout down the den. Carl, age nine. Nobby, aged 11, was it? It's a simple concept. You start off in the uh, opposition penalty area and you run inside this ball to the other end. And off they go. Early lead, I think, for Nobby. But it looks like Carl might be making a comeback. And they're just about approaching the, uh, the halfway line now. No, no, Carl is taking a clear lead. He's got what uh, in horse racing we call a length on, on Nobby. Um, past the past the jets of water. Carl has now blocked him. But, oh, he's fell over inside there. Oh, Nobby's, Nobby's fell over as well, trying to avoid him. Carl, Carl looks like he's, he's got well, he's a length and a half now. He's, he's way out in front there. Um, this, this, Nob, Nobby's fell over again inside the, the ball. I'm making this a, Carl, a clear win for Carl. Although Nobby's getting a bit of assistance now, they're pushing him. <laughs> they're pushing Nobby wide. I don't know who's going to win this race because they both finished up equal on a level inside the uh, the middle penalty here on, by the penalty spot. Uh, how's it going to be decided? I don't know. They're going to come back. That's how it's going to be decided. They're going to come back down the other end of the pitch. Carl, Carl, Carl's got a clear lead again. He's clearly the nippier, the faster boy out of the two. Nobby's, Nobby's working hard, but, but just not making any, any ground on him. Carl's going to. Carl's worked out if you walk calmly rather than trying to run hard, that you've got more chance of staying up, and therefore that seems to be the art of plastic sphere racing. Carl has slowed down though. He's slowed down too much. Nobby's, Nobby's making ground on him. Carl is. Carl, is, Carl is, doesn't realise he's got danger on his shoulder. Nobby's going for it, but Carl's livened up now at the last death. I, I mean, he's going to win it. Oh, he's fell over inside. The, he's, it's inside. He's made it. He's made it. Carl wins. Nobby made a race of it in the end there. Well done to both. Well done. What spiffing fun that was. Seriously, that's, that's what the Junior Lions is all about. Great stuff. Well done to Chris Bethel. Well done to the Junior Lions. And well done to the two boys in, the, in that race. By the way, 
missed it by if an hour's back. I've just noticed. Last week he was gone. Last time I was here, he wasn't here. But now he's back. He must have had the drugs. They must have revived him. Like Frankenstein's monster, he's back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to read out a leaflet that I was given outside the ground today, and I will mention this again when Charlie and I do our, our section later on in the show, but I want to mention it a couple of times during the course of today's show, so um, I make no apologies for that. But uh, concerns a campaign to uh, name a street after a Mill fan, Private Leo Callahan. Uh, this month is the 10th anniversary since Mill fan Leo Callahan died in action serving his country in Iraq. Then it was just a tragic day, it was just one week before he was due to come home. Now, a group of Millwall fans have started a campaign to get Southwark Council to name a street in Lee's Honour in Woolworth. Um, the council, though, require proof that people want this tribute to Lee. So what we're doing on Akdong Millwall, we're supporting this campaign. It's online on a number of the websites, and uh, they've been distributing leaflets today. So I'm going to take this chance now at half-time just to ask for your support. And the way you can support this is by emailing the following people to pledge your support for the um, idea of naming a street after Leo Callahan in Woolworth. So here are the email addresses that you need to write to. First one is a, a Southwark Council employee, Eleanor, that's L-E-A-N-O-R, Eleanor.Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at Southwark, S-O-U-T-H-W-A-R-K, dot gov dot U-K. Secondly, if you can copy in, welcome home, all one word, welcome home, at lendlease, all one word, lendlease.com. That's welcome home at lendlease.com. Or finally, info at creationtrust, one word, dot org. That's info at creationtrust.org. Um, basically, all, they, all you need to do is email those people, one of them, any of them, all of them, and just say that you support the campaign to name a street after Leo, Leo Callahan. That's Private Leo Callahan. Once a lion, always a lion. It's a fantastic cause. I'm going to stick that, those addresses on our um, front page for this show, and I'm going to mention it again when Charlie and I do our chit-chat later on in, 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 the, uh, in the show. So fantastic cause, and well done to everyone that's organised this, because we understand it's getting close to success. So it needs support from anywhere and everywhere, all around the world. This show gets 2,000, 3,000 listens. To everyone, emails elena.kelly at southwark.gov.uk just to support the campaign to name a street after Leo Callahan. That's a lot of support. Thanks for listening, listeners. Cut the tweet at half-time. I like this one from the man in Block 11, who says that just like our sponsor, Euroferries, Millwall is going nowhere today. And Jimbo is saying to uh, dear certain Millwall fans, Ollie is not an idiot. It's just one of those games. We're 13 unbeaten after all. Think before you speak. The Southwark News say at half-time, Millwall-Nil, Rotherham-Nil, pretty low-key. Lions have started well and created a few chances. But Ravel missed an open goal for Rotherham, and that was quite a clear-cut miss for, for Rotherham, that's for sure. Anyway, second half looms. 28 just shot inches wide there. I was miles away there, listeners. Apologies for that. It was a, a chip into the mill penalty. It fell to the 26 at the, on the kind of left side of the mill penalty. It was shot inches wide. I shall try and pay more attention. Apologies. Rotherham on the attack. The 26 coming down the left-hand side now. 48 minutes gone. Ball's jinked in. It's a goal. That was coming. That was coming, ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid. That was nice work down the left-hand side by the, the 26. Ball crossed fairly straightforwardly in, and at the far post, the striker taps it in. Um, sad to say, that doesn't surprise me. 
Millwall have not been playing well these past um, few minutes um, leading into half time then on the other side of half time and been under a little bit of pressure from Rotherham he's doing a stupid little dance now that's unwise down here Mill nil, Rotherham one. Or was it Led Zeppelin said nobody's fault but mine? Well, it is really nobody's fault but Millwall so far because the amount of possession that we've had, that we've failed to convert into anything. Rod Josh Wright's leaving the game now, 50 minutes. In comes Magai Guy. Good striker, looked good the other night against Sheffield Wednesday. Hopefully he'll bring a spark into the Mill attack because we haven't had much so far in this game. Mill making a lot of long, hopeful, diagonal punts that are increasingly just falling to Rotherham players. We need something else. It's a, it's a fair tactic in its moment, on its day. But, as you can hear, the crowd are becoming impatient. Bit of Mill pressure now for a change. Going to be floated in from the far side. Beavers gets it on the end of it, bubbling around, runs out to Wilford and shoots high. That's the end of that, 55 minutes. Rotherham on the attack, shot from distance, palmed away by full. Well, the 18th shot from just outside the mill penalty area, it's 55 minutes there. They're starting to look more and more dangerous when they come forwards, Rotherham. Rotherham playing it fairly direct, in all honesty. It's, it's coming down quite hard and direct down the middle. And the mill defence is struggling a little bit at the moment with that. As you can hear behind me, Criticism is being drawn for the Mill performance, rightly so. It's not been up to par from what we've seen so far this season, that's for sure. It's Gay, releases Martin. He's got McDonald out left, ball chipped in. Oh, Gay can't just can't connect with a floated cross. 64 minutes, Mill looking a little bit more purposeful since Gay's come into the game. No, uh, no secret really, Only the other night at Sheffield, when he came into the game, we looked more purposeful and had more cutting edge. Let's hope this boy can get fixed, we really need him to start, I think, from what we're seeing tonight, today. 71 minutes, Lee Martin leaving the game, in comes Jermaine Easter. Fuck off, Fuller. <laughs> Back to Carlos Edwards. Lovely little bit of skill, as ever. Plays it in, it's Jermaine Easter. Oh, the goalkeeper done well there, came out. Jermaine Easter was nearly put through by Carlos Edwards. Malone, inside to McDonnell, he loses out. We've all been sloppy and slow on the ball today. Sharp contrast to what we've seen in the last few games, ladies and gentlemen. It just quite, hasn't quite worked today. Another mill substitution, Lee Gregor is coming into the game. Ricardo Fuller leaves us. He's done a lot of work. He's not had much change out of this defence to say to, today, to say the least. Then comes Lee Gregory. The last six minutes of the game. It's Malone, Mill in possession again, deep inside our own half. Knocked forward and long to no one. Oh dear, oh dear. It's been a frustrating afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I've got to tell you that much. Coming now into the last three minutes of the game. Four minutes time allowed, ladies and gentlemen. Four minutes for Mill to try and salvage something out of this game. Last minute of the game, ladies and gentlemen. I think we've had it. But you never know, miracles do happen. We can't keep on depending on miracles, though, can we? Miracles tend to be rare by the very deficient definition of the word, not regular events. Back to 40, all the way back to 40. 30 seconds. I think this is going to be last chance saloon again. 
And this time, unlike in the week, it goes off for a throw. And I think that is going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. Last chance alone, ladies and gentlemen. It comes forward. There it is. 1-0 Rotherham. Um, bad day at the office, got to be said. Millwall really didn't look sharp at all. Started well enough, but without any cutting edge. Faded rapidly. Rotherham came more into the game towards the end of the first half. And um, had their chances in the second and took them. We didn't take ours. So there we are. First defeat of the season for Ian Holloway. Probably a bit of a reality check for the Lions. Uh, and we'll be right back after these messages with Charlie and myself. This is Octoon Millwall Radio. Stay tuned for more Millwall conversation after these messages. This podcast is brought to you by Cold Bloatly Magazine and your friends at Web Directions www.webdirections.co.uk Great looking web design for small to medium sized businesses www.webdirections.co.uk Stop with today's result. Call 020814 and leave your message now. Um, um. Oh, good, 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 good evening. Uh, 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 Chung, Nigel, the Millwall fan, calling in a very, very... Very, 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 very disappointing day today. I thought, I thought, really, really, the whole sort of team seemed very f- 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 flat today. Um, I think that, uh, I think us supporters, we need to look at ourselves. We were very f- 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 flat. Um, so much so that during the first half, I, I tried to start my own chance. It's about time we had a new chance. I tried to start my own chance. Um, and my own chance, very simple chance. This is how it goes. It goes. Lions, 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 lions. Lions. But um, I did that chant, and uh, no, nobody joined in uh, at half-time. I, I was in the, on the concourse, and, and a couple of fans came up to berate me and, and sort of really question my, my Millwall credentials. Uh, you know, I, 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 I may not be, you know, what, what people perceive to be the typical Millwall fan, you're more likely to see me to see me. You're more likely to see me with a feather duster and a knuckle duster. Oh, that said, I did once make a memorial brick out of the instruction pamphlet to an airfix Boeing seven 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 seven. 
no, having said you know, having said all that, I can, I can e e e, I can, I can e e i o along with the with the best of them. Um, but um, it's had a really really disappointing day. I thought the only highlight throughout the whole day, as I'm sure many of you would have seen, would have would have been the uh, the substitution of as uh, Jermaine Easter came on. Not 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 because Jermaine Easter is a is a is my favourite player. But um, because it coincided with a Pan Am A380 coming over the den, I'm sure many of us um, spotted that. Not, 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 not just me. Anyway, uh, on, onwards and upwards. Um, still got got a long, long way to go. Um, Nigel the Millwall fan signing off. Speak to you soon. Cheerio. Hello, it's the Persian, Persian Paul, a.k.a. Hampton Wick here. Just back to Rygate and Surrey. What a god-awful day we've had. We had a lovely start in the Borough Market. We bought some roast pheasant for dinner tomorrow. Myself and Annabelle were so disgusted with today. Pringle, Pringle, we need to sign him up. Once he popped, he couldn't stop. I'd like to appeal to everybody to get down to the den early on Tuesday. We need to beat the Saints. Goodbye. Love the Persian. Nicholas, good evening. Um, I've had about six different people coming up to me today after the game and telling them I'm a bit of a bock. Today was my first game of the season. I'd missed four on the trot due to a holiday, and everyone's calling me a bock, telling me I should stay away. But being a season ticket holder for as long as I can remember, I can tell you all now, you're fucked. Because I ain't fucking staying away. See you later. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Welcome back to the show, and with me once again is Mr. Charlie Mahoney. Welcome back, Charlie. Oh, thanks, Nick. How are you? You all right, mate? Yeah, yeah. Funny old performance today, wasn't it? It was. Um, I, I, I was just saying to you, I've written down a rather bad joke here. Um, I've compared Mill's performance today with um, Kelly Maloney. No balls, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I, I wasn't going to use that joke, but I, I haven't got any other jokes written down. <laughs> you got any good jokes you can share with us? Try and cheer the mood up, mate. Well, I've just seen that apparently it's all been a, a massive con, and that he's changing back. So. I mean, they're just so indecisive women, aren't they? Boom, boom, dilling. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, we've got to cheer ourselves up after that god awful performance today. Um, Millwall nil, Rotherham one, obviously. Um, and I don't know what you think, Charlie. I mean, it, we had to lose one sometime, didn't we? I mean, we've you know, it's been a bit of a giddy start to the season, but it kind of hurts nevertheless because I thought it was a bit abject at times today. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not someone who's. who's trying to be kind of too reactionary about it because, as you say, it's the end of a 13-match uh, unbeaten run and it, it was inevitable. It's just, I think, as you quite rightly point out, it's the nature of it that's, yeah. that's so dejecting, really. You want to surrender 13-game run. I mean, I know we're including part of the end of last season in that. Um, really, we're talking about, what, four competitive games this season. Um, but you want to surrender it in a bit more dramatic circumstances than what we saw at times today. Um, I mean, I... I I think it was a frustrating, frustrating game more than anything. And I've got 
a post actually that I thought might be a good starting point for the conversation is on on House of Fun by a bloke called Leachy the Lion and he said he feels like he watched the Fulham game in reverse uh, the home side were okay in possession but no penetration the away side were organised hard to break down and fought for everything and I, I think it is that isn't it I mean Rotherham came with a game plan today and largely succeeded with it to be to be fair to them yeah I suppose it's another way we're a bit like Kelly Maloney no <laughs> But, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Move on. It's, um, yeah, it, it's a very good point that he makes, actually. I think uh, we feel how Fulham supporters probably felt this time last week. Um, I, I think what is frustrating is the fact that we know we can play better than that. Um, yeah. We, we sort of compromised our our style a bit today, particularly when they scored. I think we started to panic and then that sort of neat, attractive football went out the window. And um, I think what Holloway really is trying to do down there is convince them that you have to play that kind of football, win, lose or draw. Yeah, I mean, one of the items we've got on our list today to talk about is that very point. And I've got something I've written down here just as a a pre note for the show um, possession football when it works is is fantastic to watch and it's like, almost like a work of art when it's at it's, its height but when it goes wrong and it, it kind of went wrong a little bit today um, it slightly disappears up its own arse doesn't it? it it becomes pointless you know you kind of there's lots of play around the, the kind of middle half and uh, along that kind of invisible line halfway through the opposition half so we're passing it backwards and forwards a lot there but then nothing where it really counts when you're going into the opposition penalty area and that when Rotherham did start to come forwards they started to come forwards a little bit in the, at the end of the first half and then very much during the opening period of the second they just looked like they had more urgency and cutting edge up front they just knew what they were going to do with it which we didn't seem to yeah they certainly grew into the game I yeah um, I think Steve Evans has pointed out that you know we started a lot more brightly but um, as soon as it kind of dawned on both both sides really that uh there wasn't really any end product to what we were doing. I think they they gained confidence and just sort of like realised that we we weren't invincible and and they started to come at us a bit. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I'm a bit wary about calling it a smash and grab win for everyone because we didn't exactly bombard them with chances mm. ourselves, did we? No, I got a statistic. I looked on the BBC site. Um, so the statistics, as, as we've come to expect with Mill this season, we've had 64% possession, <clears throat> which leaves Rotherham with 36%. Um, my maths is excellent, as you can tell. But we've had one shot on target for that 64% possession. Um, now, that's, I, mean, I think it's 11 off target from memory. I haven't got the thing on in, in front of me now. But that's, that's a poor return for that level of you know possession of the football, isn't it? Very much so. I, yeah. I think... Um... You know, we weren't exactly swashbuckling last week at Fulham, but there there was purpose whenever we went forward, and that was lacking today. I think a lot of that is down to, you know, I'm not trying to dig out individuals, really, because they've all got to take some responsibility. But you sort of look at the way Martin and Walford and, and Fuller played today, and it just wasn't anywhere near as effective, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the first big question mark we're going to have to raise is the choice of Ian Holloway, manager of the team, to pick Josh Wright in midfield, ostensibly because Jimmy Abdu had run himself into the ground, and I'm quoting um, Aldo, um, he's run himself into the ground over the past two weeks, and so he has, he's an all-action dynamo of a midfielder, isn't he? So, um, instead, um, 
Holloway chose Josh Wright. Um, now, Josh has his critics. I'm, I'm not particularly one of them. I, I think there's a lot of um, anti-kind of um, Essex, West Ham, Towie yeah. and all that nonsense that gets thrown into the mix on that stuff. But I, I just don't think he's... He's probably not quite at this level, really, in, in fairness to the boy. I don't think he's quite championship level. Yeah, I, I'm not someone who... I don't despise him or anything, although I can certainly get behind criticising someone for their affiliation with Essex and West Ham. But... Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not convinced that you know. Particularly with this style, you can't just throw people into the team and expect them to kind of uh, continue what you've already instilled. Um, and I know Jimmy's not known for being a, a particularly uh, masterful passer of the ball, but mm-hmm. he's really adapted his game this season and he, he's fitting into it. And it, it was just a shame that Abdu not playing kind yeah. of such a big effect, really. I don't know if that's the official reason why the, the, the choice was made. I mean, I'm, I'm quoting um, Alex Aldrich, so he's fairly close to you know those that are in the know in the club and he's saying that um, Abdu had run himself into the ground, so therefore there's a sense of not wanting to overstretch him. We've got two more competitive fixtures this week. We've got a midweek game and a, and a game next Saturday. Um, still, that said, to be, you know, I'm, I don't know if exhausted is quite the, the, the right word, but something approaching it after four you know, four fixtures is a bit early in the season to be to be resting players. And maybe I'm adopting a, a simplistic view of it. I don't know, but um, it just it just surprised me. I guess. Yeah, I, I think it would make total sense if it if it was down to um, fitness rather than a tactical decision. Yeah. So as we've commented on uh, last week, he was he was superb at Fulham, and he yeah, yeah. played really well. Um, Against Leeds, I can't speak for the Sheffield Wednesday game because I didn't go up to Hillsborough, unfortunately. But I get the sense that he put in a real shift up there. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I went up there. I did did, did the midweek show, and you know, the whole team um, pushed themselves. And, and Jimmy, you'd expect nothing else, and he gives nothing else but one hundred percent. So certainly, um, yeah, the same could be said for Ricardo Fuller, who came on. Actually, we started with Gregory up there, didn't we? And, and Fuller came into the game. But Fuller, I thought, looked tired at times today. I mean, we're, we're using Fuller very much as the classic target man, um, and that's, I think that's that's fair enough. But he, he does have to get through some work, Charlie, up front, doesn't he? He's got two two defenders on him constantly. Yeah, he's, he's not the most mobile of strikers as well, no. and I think he needs a foil anyway, even when he's at his optimum level of fitness. Um, last week, we got a tweet from from James saying that you know if if we can. Add another striker to the squad, then yeah. abilities are quite exciting. But today it looks more more of a necessity than than um, a way of enhancing the squad. I think we're going to really struggle for goals unless someone else comes in. Well, Fuller missed the first half chance, which probably would have changed the course of the whole game if that had gone gone in, if he'd taken yeah. it. Um, I mean, on, on these things, <clears throat> football matches turn, and you know people's careers can turn if you, if, if you miss enough of them. So, you know, it, that was a that was a clear cut chance he didn't take, and after that, I think Rotherham started to build in strength and we started to fade. But I mean, had that have gone in, and you know, if if, if my auntie had ball, she'd be my uncle. Then if had that have gone in, this will come back to back to Kelly. Um, but if that had gone in, then Rotherham would have had to been chasing the game, and that's what we're set up. We're set up to counter punch, aren't we? So as as the opposition come into us, we're designed to hit them on on the break, um, and you know it's, it's 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 the basic problem with the style that we've got. I think that we we don't seem to take the initiative particularly well. Yeah, that's right. Um, it, it sort of goes back to what we're saying about the way we kind of compromised our style after 
base good. I mm. think uh, you have to have real conviction in, in approaching a game like that. And it's it, it, unfortunately one of the main flaws of, of attractive football is that there are some sides that are really resistant to it. Yeah. Um, Rotherham certainly were today, and I'd actually say that we were one of those sides at one point, particularly under Kenny Jackett. Yeah, that's um, true. So when when it's not working, you have to have a, a real plan B. Um, that's going to be effective and, and if anything we become very unorganised aimless and lacking in confidence uh, quite early on in the second half yeah I mean I, I, in fairness to Rotherham um, I mean their, their manager took a little bit of stick at, during the course of the game as one would expect for an overweight Scotsman um, who's known to have a short temper so clearly the West Lower were trying to get into him um, we didn't see an awful lot of him out on the on the dugout but um, in fairness to his team, I thought they were quite a powerful direct side, and, and we we struggled with it really. Um, the goal was good work by their winger. I think it was the twenty six. I don't know his name. Ben Pringle. I Pringle. Think. Pringle. Uh, crisp, crisp winger. That's right. Very nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that was good work by him, and I th- tucked in nicely by the striker. I think he, he was the guy who missed a, a, a clear cut chance earlier in the, in the first half. They set out to do exactly what they. Yeah. They sort of, well, sorry, they did exactly what they set out to do, and um, you know, I thought a few people around me were a little bit harsh on Rotherham. Um, uh, they, yeah, they were limited. They didn't have a lot of the ball, but uh, they didn't try and be something that they they're not. They, they they understood those limitations, and they've come away with all three points. So um, they'll be delighted. Well, they've had an indifferent start. I think they've I think they've won one one and lost two. I think I think they won a league cup game against Fleetwood, but I think they'd. They'd um, lost to um, Wolves, I think. And they beat Wolves last week. They beat Wolves, sorry, yeah. it's the other way around. They, they lost at Derby, I think, and lost uh, beat Wolves. So, I mean, this is not, not a bad result from their perspective. Um, they've come in with a game plan and, and, and done what they wanted to do. In fact, when they scored, um, if memory serves, they almost had a second goal quite quickly afterwards. They, they a shot did, actually. Goal. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and I think Ford made a good save. I think it was a, a shot from distance, if, if memory serves. Yeah. And he punched it away. So I mean, that would have that would have finished us. I don't, if we'd have gone two 0 down, um, I think we would have been completely out of the game. But no, fair play to fair play to Rotherham. Um, Steve Evans has spoken quite highly of the Millwall support as well, which is good to see. Yeah, I mean, he, he got a little bit of a dig in, didn't he, during the during the yeah. first half when he came out? And uh, some managers loved that. Though. I remember, um, I think it was Tony Mowbray managing Middlesbrough yeah. uh, a few years ago when he. he he could tell, even though he was receiving abuse, he could sort of appreciate the loyalty that was being shown being there. Displayed. Like, you'd want, you'd want that yourself. You'd want your own fans to have that kind of cutthroat, devout yeah. kind of loyalty. In fact, I'm just looking at the quote here. I read it out as as, as you've mentioned it. It's, uh, this is Rotherham boss Steve Evans says that Mill started much brighter, and when you've got that type of vocal support, um, I've never been here with a team before, but they were terrific and spurred on their team. Um, Strange. I mean, I, I didn't think the atmosphere was that great today. So it, it, it always speaks volumes to me what other clubs must be like when people come down and say stuff like this. How loud it was because it, it didn't strike me as being particularly loud by mill standards. But, but no, you're right. That's 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 fairly put, isn't it? Yeah, I thought uh, the atmosphere was very flat as well. But I, I guess he's probably referring to the sort of um, tirades from from those sitting behind him <laughs> in the West Lower. Um, yeah. This is Octoon Millwall Radio. Stay tuned for more Millwall conversation after these messages.
Ian Holloway, speaking after the game, said we didn't function like we have been. That's that's certainly true. And I felt that I should have made some more changes in hindsight. Um, OK. I, I mean, the change that he did make, I think, was a mistake. He's not actually acknowledged that. He's saying he should have made more changes. So I'm, I'm, I suppose that could only mean fuller up front. Maybe, you know, another uh, well, should have been another chance to start Gregory, I, I guess he means by that. Um, I mean, Gregory came into the game late today, didn't he? Um, six minutes, I think, five minutes from the end, something like that. Very hard for him to have an effect. Yeah. But then I'd also look at the fact that Easter came on and didn't really manage to do a lot himself. And fair play to Holloway for holding his hands up and saying he could have done better with his changes, but I'm not entirely convinced he's got the resources to make a dramatic change on a match at the moment. I'm, I'm really hoping that, um, that, that we do some good business before the window opens. I think it's essential. I like this quote. I'm going to read this out because this this fascinates me, this part of Ian Holloway's quote. It's on the BBC website. He says, I felt my attackers looked tired and were not quite as effective as they have been. That's that's fair enough. We all agree with that. But he then says, fundamentally, that game should have been goalless. I mean, can you say that? Because <laughs> if someone scores, then that's a, a most, the pointless, most pointless sentence in history, isn't it? But fundamentally, he says that game should have been goalless. So um, I'm not that, sure. That's, that's slightly concerning. I'm, I'm also, you know, I can appreciate what he's saying. The players must be tired, but everyone's had to put up with this kind of fixture congestion. And, um, you know, we were told when Holloway came in that fitness was going to be something that he'd address. So... Yeah, I mean, it's you know, just looking at the table here, you're right. Everyone's played four league fixtures. Um, some are handling it better than others. We might talk about that later on in the show. But, but and, and, I mean, fairness to Millwall, I mean, you know, I, I think we have been fitter than last season under, under the yeah. he that shall not be named anymore um, under that regime. I mean, we you know we we look like a pub team at times last season in terms of fitness, whereas this season we do look like a professional outfit. And I think. You know, four games into the season, maybe um, it's a fairly relentless pace, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, it's the same same playing field for everybody on that front, isn't it? Yeah, I don't mean to have a go at Holloway. I'm still fully behind him, and um, you know, I'm pleased with the direction we're going in generally. I just, I just hope that we're not going to have a culture of excuse making. Really, I think it would have been adequate for him to just say we weren't at our best, and it was a bad day at the office. Really, um, I think. The, the general play wasn't good enough, regardless of tempo or fitness or yeah. what have you. Um, it's just just something we've got to move on from, really, and uh, I'm glad we've got two home games to try and address it now. Yeah, there's another interesting one. I'm going to read this. This is a tweet from New Shopper, New Shopper Sport. Uh, it's, it's a quote, so I'm going to guess this is verbatim, word for word. Ollie says, if we start turning up at Millwall expecting to win, we need to smell a coffee. Now, that one concerns me because I, I suppose if I'm honest, um, although at times speaking, you and me were speaking outside the ground earlier on, weren't we? And I felt a little bit like the um, the, the soothsayer in Frankie Howard's up Pompeii shrieking, whoa, whoa, thrice, whoa. Um, I, I actually did expect to win this game um, in, in my heart of hearts. And the reason I was expecting to win this was the good form and the, the style and the, the swagger of the football that we've played at times this season. So I, I'm not sure about that quote because Ollie's saying don't turn up with an expectation to win. And I think that might be just one of his flights of fancy, but it's it's, yeah. it's fundamentally bollocks, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Um, it's a real contradiction to what he was saying before the season started. You know, he's giving it this sort of like, you know, I, I took it with a pinch of salt, but he was saying, you know, we're, we're on our way to the Premier League. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely changed the club. I want people to talk about us for footballing reasons. So him saying that kind of seems a little bit. Yeah, it, it's it's backtracking to me. It's. I mean, I, I I genuinely, although I was 
talking the, 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 the classic mill talk of hope is the killer, you know. Um, I actually did think we had a good, a good strong chance of winning this game today um, and for the reasons that I've said. So I would think you'd want to promote that as, as a culture and an ethos at the club because you want to be... Winners think like winners, don't they? Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's unrealistic for us to um, expect a real improvement in our home form as well because it just hasn't been there in the last few seasons. Um, yeah. And it... For me, as a, as a Millwall supporter, it's, it's one of it should be one of our hallmarks. You know, we should be playing at a fortress. And uh... yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, that's that's the that's the point and the purpose of what he's trying to build, or, or so yeah. I thought. I think it might have been just one of his mad moments where he's he's just talking for the sake of talking. He has he has several of them, and um, yeah. I can't say that I didn't expect this. I was delighted when Holloway was appointed, but um, always been wary of the fact that he sometimes speaks without fully considering it that's, that's just his personality at the end of the day who are you going to pick out as your man of the match I know it's a difficult one Charlie on a day like this it's really difficult um, I've, I'll tell you I've gone with shall I um, yep. I, I went with Carlos Edwards um, difficult because obviously it's, it wasn't a great performance generally um, but I just think that Carlos Edwards even on a difficult day a, a dull day like today um, he just shows some flashes of skill and some touch, and some of the turns he does at times are, you know, Gascoigne Cruyff style. Um, you know, I just think the man has got a repertoire of skill that is, um, I don't know how he's not made it further in the game, if I'm honest. Um, so I've picked Carlos for his running and for his skill, the fact, the fact that he's always available, and in general, I think he had a few bad ones today, but in general, his passes and his, his, you know, his input to the game is always high, and um, I'm going to choose Carlos Edwards. He's yeah, also, I think that's fair enough. Yeah. He's also he's, old. He's, and I've, I've, got, I've got an affinity with old people because I'm old myself, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Carlos. I, I do think Carlos Edwards is an exceptional player. We're, we're quite fortunate to have him. Um, people say, yeah, no, it's a shame he's the age he is, but I think, if anything, he's really looking after himself and, and that's why he's shining still. Yeah. Um, he, he had a decent game, I suppose. As you say, there were moments of real quality. Um, he actually tried to make things happen as well, mm. When others looked lost, I mean, Malone looked out of sorts today, and I think he's a very important player for us, especially going forward. Yeah, um, fold, you know. I mean, the, the, the save you've reminded me of that that could have been crucial in turning the game around. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, just looking at some other tweets here, another one from the new shopper, Olive, um, Oliver, um, Ollie. Ollie has said that I should have, I could have started with uh, Jermaine Easter and Magai Gay, Gway, whatever you pronounce his name, and it might have freshened things up. Maybe I should have done. Um, I mean, I, I like Gay. I think he played well. He scored a fantastic goal on Tuesday night. The way that he, he put away that equaliser in the last seconds was was something different. Um, we didn't see enough probably of him today. In a, he, was, he was slightly lost in a team that wasn't performing. But I just think this kid has got the real X factor. and I, I like the look of him. I, I think he's got a real striker's instinct. And it's just interesting me because there's another thing I've got here, the, um, the need for a striker. I mean, I'm just wondering whether Gray is that striker that we're, we're supposed to be searching for. Potentially. I think he's going to be a very good player for us. Yeah. But uh, fitness needs to be addressed there. Um my only worry with him is that he might become somewhat of a luxury player, mm. um, which you know is better than not having any sort of luxury at all. But uh, <laughs> he's, you know, I, I can still imagine that when he has a bad game, he looks particularly bad. If that makes sense, but when yeah. when he, when he is, it's going to produce some real magic. 
He's a flair player. Um, what I've liked about him, and we've only seen him in flashes, so I might be projecting my, you know, it's like a wish fulfilment thing going on. But um, he seems to, to do the work side of it and to have the flair and the touch. Um, but then again, he's not started a game yet, and we haven't seen the, you know, enough of him to to really come to those judgments. I suppose I'm just, you know, hoping that is what what the, the finished article will look like. Uh, Holloway's mentioned Jermaine Easter as well, who again came on as a substitute, and it always seems like a. Um, a slightly, um, I don't know, it's like a bland substitution when Easter comes into the game. It doesn't seem to add an awful lot to the game, but it seems to be a favourite move by Holloway to um, to change it, doesn't it? You know you're going to get 100% effort from Easter. I'm yeah. just not entirely convinced that he's going to produce the uh, the necessary kind of skill to... to the quality, the, the quality, yeah. No, I, I think you're right, I think you're right. <laughs> OK, well, life could be worse. We could be in Fulham's position. They're, they're rock bottom of the table at the moment, so um, life isn't that bad. <clears throat> Two wins, one draw and one loss. And I think we would have settled for that at the start of the season, Charlie, wouldn't we? I'd definitely taken the went out of these, this series of games to just probably would have imagined it had happened in a, dif- a different sequence. But yeah. um, I think the only sad thing is, is that uh, Fulham's form makes our result look even more unremarkable. But... At the end of the day, you've got to take a win, haven't you? So you do, you do, um, and you know, given the, the given the cost of the respective squads, we made this point when we beat Fulham last week. But just as a contrast between two teams, there's us um, in ninth position. I know it's very, very early days, on seven points. Um, sorry, yeah, seven points, um, and then on zero, and um, that, that's quite a contrast given the amount of money that they would have expended on their and the promise of their squad as well. Because I think they're a fairly decent squad of players. I think uh, Magat is on borrowed time, to be honest, and I'm actually quite surprised they kept him on, to be fair, because, uh, you know, I had this impression of him as a sort of like Winston Wolfe from Pulp Fiction type character (laughs) who came into clubs and sorted things out when they were in real shit. Um, I'm not sure he's known for his his promotion kind of credentials, so I think I was praising him last week. It was saying they moved the ball around really well, but it looks like it's gone from bad to worse since then. Lee Gregory. Lee Gregory will score goals, says Ian Holloway, to the news at Den. Um, I've, I've seen a bit of it. I mean, Gregory started on Tuesday. <clears throat> um, we weren't really playing the style of game that suits him. I think he's more your Steve Morrison rather than the, the old-school target man. Um, £250,000 signing, so we've invested some money by Mill Standers into this into this kid. Um, kid is 25 years old. He's not a kid at all. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see when we start to show some faith in him because I thought Fuller today looked a little bit tired, um, showing his age a little bit today after the, the sequence that we've had. And at some point we're going to have to start to blood Lee Gregory, aren't we? And then we're going to have to start playing the kind of football that enables him to be made best use of. It's interesting with Gregory. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people are using the Steve Morrison comparison and mm. understandably so, but... For a lot of people, they seem to think it's a matter of when and not if, and, and we should realise that it might not work out for this bloke. Um, it's a big ask for him to step up from Halifax. So he's got to be given time, and I don't want there to be a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy thing where he, he actually people stop believing in him and then it, it sort of rubs off on his game. Um, we just got to wait and see what happens with Gregory. But I, I think we're asking a lot of the current current uh, crop of strikers, and I'm not sure they're capable of... of any of them really scoring over sort of 10, 15 goals this season. 
No, it's going to be interesting to see what you know Holloway does in the loan market, which I think is going to be you know um, that pans out over the week. Is it the week ahead? The next next couple of weeks, um, yeah, something like that. I mean, he, he says about Gregory that Lee's an off the shoulder merchant, and we've got to learn how to find that. Um, and he's saying to the lads, uh, look at his runs. Why aren't you Why aren't you looking for his runs? Um, so it's going to be an interesting dilemma because obviously we today I thought we very much pumped it at. Ricardo Fuller does have the body strength to, to try and do a job with that, but that's not Lee Gregory, and that's not going to be making best use of, of, of the boys' t- uh, talent. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a certain philosophical change that's going to have to come at some stage for us to try and use this, this strike that we've laid out good money on. Another thing that struck me on news at them was Nicky Bailey being injured till September. I mean, he came on at Fulham, didn't he? Yeah. Played briefly, and, and obviously has, um, if not, you know, stretched the injury, but he's certainly now going to take some rest until after the international break. Because we're missing him. I, I think today was, was mis- missing Nicky Bailey and his ability to find a player and pick the pass. Definitely. I think um, what really illustrates it as well is that if, if Jimmy's not fit, then... Obviously, Josh Wright's coming in, and I don't know if that is the answer. The sooner Bailey comes back, the better, really. Yeah. Um, there is an international break, so hopefully that doesn't mean he's going to miss too much football. He's out to, He's out a calf problem. He's out till after the international break, so that'll be the Ipswich game 13th, I suppose. He'd hopefully be available for that. Um, interestingly, Bobby Bacic, the, the physio, says that Nicky can and is willing to play with the calf as it is, only giving him minor discomfort. But I suppose the worry being that you're just going to injure yourself still further if you if you push that. Exactly. He's, I mean, he's entering his 30s now, Bailey, as well. So injuries are going to take their toll a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, Ed Upson is also apparently on the mend as well. We, we do seem to have a bit of a sick note um, thing at the moment, don't we? We seem to have some players out and not 100%. I, I think this is kind of a product of um, that philosophy that Holloway is trying to instill. The fact that he's about technical ability and not sheer strength. Um, yeah. You even see it at the, at the very sort of upper echelons of the game. You look at Arsenal, well, injury prone they are, and I think that's because like the emphasis is on moving the ball about, um, penetrating defences, and not so much about you know just knocking the fuck out of the other side. To be fair, yeah, interesting signing. We we, we seem to have signed this kid as a, a French starlet, Sofiane El El Becri, um, an eighteen year old signed from RC Lens. Um, and he played in the development squad on um, the under-21 squad, excuse me, on, on Monday. They beat Barnsley 2-0. Another interesting sign. We seem to be placing our faith in skillful young players, you know, ball players, don't we? I've not seen anything of this kid at all, but he does sound quite promising. I heard that he was released because of his size. Um... He's small. He's small. Yeah. Um, Holloway says they let him go, and this is Lowe's, um Let him go because he's too small. But he's absolutely brilliant, to be fair, with his passing. Um, now, the only thing that's bothering me, I mean, we've got our, we've got Fred, who we, we have seen something of, and I think also, is, in fairness to him, he's quite a small boy, um, but can pass the ball well. So it just seems that we're starting to double up on these kinds of, um, you know, physical types. I mean, we look around some of these teams that are coming down to play us at the moment, there's a really large, physically large units, aren't there, that are coming yes. up, they're going to come up against. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what happens with this Elbeck crew. Um, yeah. Holloway said that he reminds him of Liam Britton. I'm assuming he means the Swansea player and not the... Uh, not the ex-Tory um, cabinet yeah. minister who, who never, ever visited the Elm guest house in his life. <laughs> <laughs> that Again, one. Ex-lawyers are also. <laughs> I said he never visited there, and there's absolutely no hint of any untoward behaviour on behalf of Leon Britton, <laughs> the ex-Tory cabinet minister. But I think this must be another a different Leon Britton he's talking about. Was it him or 
Cliff Richard that was in the young ones. <laughs> We're going to break away for some messages now. <laughs> Some fixtures over the next week. We've got Southampton Tuesday night here, uh, Charlie. Um, I don't know what kind of game we're going to get for that. I mean, the, the Southampton won't need that fixture any more than we really need it at the moment. They're going to be stretched, aren't they, squad-wise, in the round two of the Carling Cup? Capital yeah, I, mentioned, Cup. I mentioned to you uh, before the game, I really don't know what sort of side they're going to put out. No, no. The same can probably be said about us now, because the onus is really on us to win against Blackpool on Saturday, and I don't think he wants to... No risk anyone so it, it might be another good opportunity to see the likes of Fred is Sid Nelson still injured I think he, he might still be out mightn't he I think he I think he took a knock didn't he um yeah certainly it's a it's an odd thing to be talking about fixture congestion this early in the season and generally speaking fixture congestion has never been a really real Millwall problem has it but certainly this Capital One Cup fixture on Tuesday night is a, is a bit of a bit of a pain in the backside in some respects because you've gone right to the heart of the matter. We've got Blackpool back at home next week, and that's a game that we really want to win to try and press forward with some of the uh, the momentum we've built so far. Yeah, I mean, I've got to be totally honest. I find it very hard to to be excited by the the Capital One Cup. Um, you cynic. But, yeah, but even when we've got decent opposition, it just doesn't seem particularly exciting. Um, no, it's a non—it's a non-competition in many respects, isn't it? I think it's, it's a bit like the auto-win screen shield used to be. It only got interesting when you got to the regional semi-finals, you know, and then there was a hint of a Wembley trip in the offing. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's a competition that's dying on its feet. That's for sure, and it, and it is very much now becoming a pain in everyone's respective backsides for, for clubs now at Championship level, where once it was seen as a uh, an income generator and a chance to play a big team. You don't seem to have that opportunity anymore. The big teams don't get involved, do they? Yeah, it's, it's nonsense, really. I mean, you can't just... I, I, I can't imagine they're just going to, you know, uh, dispose of the, the cup, but I think it's... Um, yeah, they need to do something with it, that's for sure. It's gone massively downhill in, in stature and, and quite worryingly. The FA Cup has as well. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. know, I'm certainly a lot more passionate about. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm just looking at the results over the championship table today. Um, obviously, we got beat, as we know, but um, Forest lead the table on 10 points. They they had a good win over Reading, 4-0. Um, quite a result there. And also, I've noticed Leeds got stuff 4-1 at Watford today as well, which is a, a crying shame. No-one's going to you know take pleasure in that whatsoever. Um, I'm, I'm sort of devastated because it means that uh, Hocker Day becomes close to getting the sack. So, uh, the longer he's there, the better, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it makes you question the appointment in the first place, really, but they certainly got stuff there at Watford, that's that's for sure. Stuffings for Reading, as we've just mentioned, and, and Fulham, um, who we've spoken about earlier on, got beat 5-1 at Derby. So, you know, already the, the table is taking shape. The Forest and Watford are at the top. Then in the playoff spots, you've got Norwich, Wolves, Charlton and Sheffield Wednesday, with us just down now to ninth. And the bottom three, um, I wonder where this, you know, how this is going to pan out. Fulham rock bottom. Then you've got Blackpool, Bolton, who neither would surprise me, I don't know about you, Charlie, but neither would surprise me if they're in the mix for relegation at the end of the season. And then well, they've got Trotter Le- and Liam Feeney, haven't they? That's so, right. Uh, <laughs> and then Leeds and Huddersfield just above. I mean, Leeds do look like they're on a, a, a kind of a slow-motion car crash, don't they? What was that film, the one where uh, people got sexually turned on by car crashes? Oh, a Crash, wasn't it? Crash, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they should rename themselves Leeds Crash FC or something like yeah. that. It's like a slow-motion frame by frame car crash going on stretched over 46 games well they are they are a quite perverted bunch up there so um, it would not surprise me if that's the sort of thing that's going on at Ellen Road that's probably a good moment to leave it I think 
I want to. I just want to finish this little piece. I want to um, repeat a, a thing that I did. A, I did a live piece earlier on. I read this out at half time, but I just want to repeat it to close out today's show. Um, there's a leaflet that I was given, and also I've seen this online as well. as a, a campaign to have a, a street in Woolworth named after a Millwall fan, uh, Private Leo Callahan. Uh, who was in the army, and it's 10 years, 10, it's his 10th anniversary since unfortunately died in action in Iraq, um, and it was just sadly one week before he was due to come back to England. And there's a campaign that uh, Mill fans have put together to request Southwark Council to name a street in Lee's honour, and I think it's a fantastic cause. Um, so basically what I'm doing, I'm asking everybody, as a personal favour, right here, everyone listening to this is on the internet, right now so you've got access to email so what we need you to do is to email Southwark Council I'm going to read out three email addresses if you get do nothing else email this first email address lady's name is Eleanor l-e-a-n-o-r dot kelly k-e-l-l-y at Southwark s-o-u-t-h-w-a-r-k dot gov dot u-k and just email her to say that you support the campaign to name a street after Leo Callahan, Private Leo Callahan. As the leaflet says, once a lion, always a lion. I think it's a fantastic campaign. I'll read that email address and the other two as well. That's Eleanor.Kelly at Southwark.gov.uk. And if you can copy these in, CC in Welcome Home, all one word, at LendLease, all one word, L-E-N-D-L-E-A-S-E dot com. And info at creationtrustoneword.org but if you do nothing else get eleanor.kelly at southwark.gov.uk the more emails they get the stronger the case becomes to name a street after Leo Callahan. I think it's a fantastic cause and it's dead easy, it costs nothing and you can do it right now as you're listening to this show so please do it and um, you'll have our, everyone's collective gratitude I know certainly the family's gratitude Right then Charlie, that's, that's the show mate um, onwards and upwards as they say yeah, I uh, wish I was talking to you in better circumstances, but we go again next week. Next week it is, mate. You take care of yourself? Yeah, you too, Nick. Speak soon. Thanks a lot, Charlie. Nice one. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here...